Hello everyone and welcome to the episode 6 review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier streaming on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this is Movie Change Up Podcast. I'm Joe Fricky with my uh, guest host for these reviews, Tristan Mayer. Tristan, how you doing? How you feeling about this episode that I believe was called One World, One People? Something like that? Maybe One People, One World? Yeah, I think it was One World, One People. I felt pretty good about it. There's some things that I felt a bit let down or maybe rushed more so. I think, once again, these last few episodes have shown that I think they needed a little bit more space. I think there were stories that they had a couple more episodes and they decided to cut it down to six. So I wonder where that extra time would have been spent. But overall, I was satisfied by it. There's some leaps in logic that were taken that i want to talk about but overall i was pretty satisfied by it and i'm pretty sure they set up a season two so i'm happy about that too yeah this is i'm seeing a trend that i'm not a fan of i think my least favorite episode of uh wandavision was the finale and i honestly think my least favorite episode of the falcon and the winter soldier was the finale uh i still enjoyed it i definitely enjoyed this finale more than wandavision uh, but there were some problems I had, and I think it'd be normally we start with our positives and get to our negatives. And while I am overall positive on this show and the series as a whole, and if you're watching, this is a spoiler review or listening or whatever, this will be a spoiler review. So we'll be talking about everything. Uh, but one of the main problems I had with this episode, and we can start with that, and I want your thoughts on it because it was the cliffhanger from last episode, is uh, Sam's captain america suit i think my main problem with it was it felt like it looked like a very very good cosplay and that was kind of <laughs> my thoughts on it it looked like a very good cosplay uh but this suit was supposedly made in wakanda and if i didn't know that from the previous episode nothing about the suit felt like it was made in wakanda like it like i expected he would put on like the backpack part of it or the wings part of it and the rest of the suit would form around him and i get they have a budget but they still did quite a bit with like vision and wandavision and doing a lot of like that kind of thing so i think they could have done it if they wanted to but for some reason they just didn't and i saw a video the other day that was really kind of cool is to talk about how pretty much all of the uh mcu heroes that don't wear like metal armor like iron man or anyone like that uh and i think your sound cut out for some reason i heard background noise but i don't know but anyways all right there we go uh but yeah my that they all have vests and undershirts so it's kind of interesting seeing that if you can kind of see and i noticed that in his and that's not really a knock they do what they have to do because they want when he raises his arms for the whole suit not to come up but i just thought that was an interesting thing but yeah what are your thoughts on this suit interesting we're gonna set up by disagreement i think i really liked the new suit i thought it was like a route of the comics type thing i enjoy that marvel's gotten to a point in the last two shows at least where they're just kind of embracing the absurdity of their comic book characters i think for a while we had like the x-men effect where all the costumes on these movies had to be like really sleek and really minimalistic and they couldn't go for the campy and the ridiculous because everyone was too scared to not be taken seriously. So I'm a big fan of this costume looking as goofy as it does. I do agree that I wish it had more Wakandan energy to yeah. it. You know, I wish it had some kind of power ability that was akin to like Wakandan tech or something like that yeah. that made it gave it like a Wakandan flair. But I do really like that it it feels stepped right out of the comics. I love the way that the wings kind of interact with the suit. In the way that he feels like this blend of he is Captain America, but he's not letting go of his Falcon kind of past with the wings. 
and I really enjoyed the way they all, they all worked together. It felt very high tech and very much like a modern Captain America suit. Yeah, I will say I wouldn't have a problem with the look of the suit if it just felt like it was made from Wakanda. Like the suit as is, if I saw it form around his body, like the Black Panther suit at the end of Black Panther, and we saw it like take hits and then it like could give that energy back, like the Black Panther suit, I wouldn't be complaining about the suit. But it's just I think the double whammy of it not looking as cool as I thought it could be. I th- I'm not as fully a fan of like the super bright colors. I've always liked the Captain America suit. That was a more like duller tone. But then combined with that, with the fact that it really doesn't feel like it was made in Wakanda at all was kind of my negative thoughts on the suit. I'm excited to see how it uh, translates between this and the films. I assume if we see him, we're going to see him again at some point in the Avengers movies or in some kind of a some crossover role at some point. I wonder how how different it's going to look once it gets down to like a big screen budget and if it looks a little bit less like a Party City good cosplay and more like something that would be cinematic or maybe they'll give him another power with it or something like that yeah especially because i mean even captain america's suit changed between films so it's i mean it's definitely going to be different i think when it goes to the films just because that's how it's always been everyone's suit changes a little bit in between in between movies so i'll bring up one of my negatives since you brought up your negative on the suit We'll start out with a negative because I do think overall we're going to be positive on it. When we talk about the show towards the end, it'll be pretty positive. But my biggest negative here, excuse me, my biggest negative here is the John Walker redemption arc. I think it goes way too quickly. I think he goes from like executing a guy on the street to like being a hanging out with Bucky and paling around and like giving quips like within an episode of an arc. <laughs> you know, and I, I wish that he would have had a little more runway left, like maybe similar to how they redeemed Bucky with your soldier. They had him save Cap, but he wasn't like hanging out with Cap afterwards, fighting next next side to him. You know, he was still on the run, still had some growing to do. And I think that Walker and also Carly to an extent, but I'll talk about her later. I think Walker's arc gets kind of confused in this episode where they want him to have this redemption where they say, oh, he's a good guy now. He's fighting alongside Bucky again. But also at the end, he's working with Hydra. And he's in the U.S. agent costume, and he's setting up the bad guys. So I wonder, like, I don't know. I just feel a little confused of where they wanted us to feel about Walker by the end, and I think they could have done more with it. But I'm excited that he's coming back because I think they'll give him a chance to do more with it. But I want to hear your thoughts on Walker's turnaround or redemption in the episode here. Yeah, my problem wasn't really with Walker himself. It was more everyone's reaction to him because at the end of the day, Walker was still, like – he at least wanted to be a hero. He saw himself as a hero. Maybe just the way he did things wasn't exactly heroic. Like, the one thing he did was he killed that uh, member of the Flag Smashers, but that was right after he had taken the serum and he had watched his best friend die. And so he wasn't exactly in the right state of mind. I mean, we even saw Tony Stark when he found out that Bucky killed his parents. Like, he was basically full, you know, full attack mode against Bucky and so he was kind of had a similar moment to John Walker so I kind of understood like when he decided to save that truck full of hostages like I still felt that was in line with who Walker was especially now that he didn't have the weight of being Captain America on his shoulders like I think that was a big part of his problem too but my problem with Walker was like everyone was especially Bucky's reaction to him where Bucky was kind of like quipping with him and stuff and he was just like oh quoting Lincoln like oh you know and then walker was like oh that's a nice touch i would have rather instead of bucky instead of a quip of just like oh except not from you if he was more just 
trying to shut him down and basically not not you know having that buddy but negative reaction like he had with sam early in the series i would have felt like if there was more of just a like i i still don't like you kind of relationship like you may be a hero you may be a good person i don't know but i still don't like you and i still don't trust you as i would have i would because that was my problem more is bucky and other people around him's reaction to him not necessarily with john walker himself yeah i agree i think that's probably the problem it's it's more so that i think his his art goes too quick you know i think he could have saved that butts hostages his like first step back to redemption but yeah. I think they go from that to equipping with Bucky to hanging out with Falcon. Like it feels like he went like through a whole series worth of redemption in like a, a scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I would have, especially if we're going to get a season two and we're gonna at least get more of John Walker, I would have liked that arc to be stretched yeah. out a bit more. Yeah. Let's see what other? Because that was the other negative I had to bring up was more everyone's reaction around him. But my other big negative is I think the whole power broker reveal was pretty weak because like we've obviously talked on this show that I've predicted that Sharon was the power broker since we first saw her but that's also been everyone else's prediction as well like I mm-hmm. saw some people that predicted it could be Isaiah of basically he has felt wronged by the government and he doesn't like the government and he doesn't trust the government so he is basically trying to take out all of the governments and i thought that could be an interesting twist an interesting kind of thing to do and it'd kind of be a big fake out and i thought that'd be interesting but i feel like it's almost they should have done a better job at hiding that sharon was the power broker or just had told us from the beginning and so you kind of have that thing of maybe we know she's the power broker but like falcon and bucky and zemo don't know yeah, I think hand- the handling of that reveal was a little bit weak. I left the episode a bit more confused than I was, like, understanding of where yeah. Sharon's uh, allegiances kind of lie, you know? Yeah. And I think it- that makes sense in this five-thriller kind of thing. They wanted us to end this feeling kind of mixed about all of our characters, really, and the places that they're in mm-hmm. and how we're supposed to feel about Sharon Carter's role in all of this. But yeah. I do wish we got a better picture of who she's talking to on the phone and who, where her loyalties yeah. are at. I just don't really know why Marvel is playing so much close to the chest at this point because yeah. what is there to... Like, I don't know. I uh, wish that we got a little bit more of a tease for what is to come, I guess, for her character here. See, Otherwise, think, it feels a bit shoved in and kind of rushed and not really part of the actual plot of the of the show. See, I think I know exactly where Sharon Carter's loyalty lie, and I think it's with Sharon Carter. Of Basically, she doesn't trust... She's been, you know, disavowed by our government. She doesn't trust anyone except herself. So I think it's more all about, you know, bettering her position and bettering, you know, her situation. And I, I, want, I know we normally say, because what you brought up the post credit scene of her on the phone talking with someone. Uh, do you have a prediction of who it is? Because I have mine. I'd like to hear yours because I don't really have any direction to go on. So I was talking with our mutual friend, Zach, who's been on our main show before to compete. And his prediction was it was Ross. But my thought on it being Thunderbolt Ross is basically as far as we know, I think he's still potentially the Secretary of Defense, or at least he's, he at least was at some point. And so he still has high up connections. I really don't think he needs Sharon to infiltrate the government to get those secrets and information. I think he could just get it himself if he wanted to. And I feel like Sharon was also very much in control of that conversation and she felt 
very boss-like in that situation, and I don't think if it was Ross, I don't feel like the tone and how she was talking to whoever she was on the phone with fits. And so my prediction is it's a setup for Armor Wars, because I think Sharon and the Power Broker is going to be one of like the bigger bads throughout all of the Disney Plus series, so I think it's going to be Justin Hammer to set up for Armor Wars, because I feel like you can't really do Interesting. Armor Wars at this point without bringing Justin Hammer back, so I think it'd be interesting if it was him. And I feel like if you're going to have that be the setup, I would just shove out the money, you know, have Justin Hammer show up for a yeah. shot, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, <laughs> after, and then afterwards, say Justin Hammer will return in Armor Wars. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go through the episode, but they were not afraid to be very on the nose of what they were going to talk about and yeah. do and be And by the end. So I would, mm-hmm. who, who cares? Put it on the title screen. Oh, and the one thing I thought was dumb as far as the reveal of Sharon Carter was, uh, like, she's like she walks in and it's like okay so she's the power broker and then she says something else that definitely confirms she's the power broker and then baltrock walks in and it's like wait you're the power broker and it's like okay you've done now i've done like one or maybe two too many things to tell the audience that she's the power broker and it's like we get it we're not that dumb and they keep calling her power broker throughout the scene in case you forgot yeah yeah I will say, though, in defense of that reveal, WandaVision taught me not to aim for the skies with my MCU theories. Like, if someone shows up on the show, just take it at face value that they are who they are. If there's a mystery of, like, oh, who's evil, who's not, just do the Occam's razor. You know, it's the Marvel's razor of of storytelling. Whoever is the simplest character is probably who they're going to go with. They're not going to pull in Mephisto. They're not even going to pull in Thunderbolt Ross. It's probably going to be somebody that is on the show that's been confirmed to be on the show that we already know is on the show that's been set up to be this character over and over and over again on the show yeah <laughs> you know so i think this this show cemented that for me is marvel's not necessarily aiming for aiming high with their reveals here at least not yet yeah they're taking it slow and I, i've come to kind of appreciate that in this show more so than wandavision yeah for sure uh another thing trying to think if i had other any other big negatives we've talked about john walker we talked about the suit we talked about the sharon carter reveal which was bad it wasn't bad it just wasn't great like it was so obvious that when it happened i'm like okay yeah i've covered most of my big negatives i think i have a bunch of notes to go through the episode if you want to do that and we can yeah, cover some we of can do stuff that and i go. have like minor gripes that could totally be fixed in future seasons or future appearances yeah, because overall I'm pretty positive on it, so I think once we go through it, we'll have a lot of good stuff to say, and then we can talk yeah. about the bit of negatives when we get to it. I have, once again, pages of notes for this episode. Okay, good. I felt good. like it was going on forever, in, in, in a good way sometimes, in a bad way other times. <laughs> we'll get to that towards the end, I think. Tease for one of my more negative yeah. takes. So we, we open up kind of where we ended last week. It's uh, Manhattan. There had, there's this GRC summit going on, and the Flag Smashers are having their big finale attack on these world leaders. Uh, we get into the arc there of Carly generally. As she's been going through the season, she's getting more dark and dark and more kind of violent. And here her final moment is like, oh, I'm going to take these world leaders, and if we have to, we can just kill them. And <laughs> yeah. her followers are like, well, that's a little much. You know, and I think we see Carly had this arc of, oh, is she going to become a little softer or is she going to go too hard? What's her ending going to be? And by that scene, I think we, we cement that she's gone too far, whether yeah. it was a serum, whether it was her personally, she's decided to take violence into her own hands. And she 
defends herself later on saying, I don't want to kill people who don't matter, but who determines who matters and who determines who doesn't, you know, that's kind of the question of, of that arc here. So I want to get your, your thoughts here just in the beginning of the setup of this with the GRC summit in, in Manhattan and Carly. Yeah. I think basically in most fiction, they kind of show like killing people is not necessarily bad. Like obviously you had the opening of the series where, uh, Sam Wilson Falcon is like took out a helicopter full of people, but we saw that they were bad people. If you're just taking out like random citizens or like politicians who are maybe trying to do good, like I say, I think we saw with the GRC, maybe they weren't fully on the right path, but at the end of the day, I think they were trying to do good. If you're just killing people to send a message, like you're the bad person, like you're not doing the right thing. Yeah, I really enjoyed the arc of Carly overall. We'll get to her end a bit later, but I like I think this finale is interesting with the way that it's escalated slowly from like oh they're blowing up like this one building with some people in it, and now they're attacking the government, and you get like that slow build from angry people to violent people, and I think yeah. that's interesting. I think it's timely too. I think in some ways they used this ending and sort of the final scenes to comment on very specific like current events and some of the capital stuff that happened at the beginning of the year this year and i think they've used that in a way to kind of comment on on people yeah Yeah, we'll get more into it towards the end when they basically explain to us what the show is about (laughs) but yeah that was a good setup for that and i think we had a nice throwback here i think to our comedy episode where there was a war room scene and i thought no fighting we can't fight here this is the war room (laughs) Yeah, that definitely, I definitely had some, at least visually, had some uh, Doctor Strange love vibes. I wonder how much of that was, you know, the purpose from the get-go and how much of that was, you know, because of COVID and they kind of had to do social distancing while filming and really the only way to do that is everyone spaced out around a big-ass table, but... <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny when, like, all the alarms go off and then some lady just, like, shrugs. She's like, oh, I don't know, so alarms going off and i like oh this feels very relevant yeah something's going terribly wrong and everyone's just like oh i don't know yeah something's wrong yeah but anyway we get our reveal here finally uh we were teased at the end of last episode but here he is uh sam wilson has arrived in his white and red and blue suits right out of the comics wings and all and he says i am captain america yeah we talked about the comical or the uh, costume a lot, but how are you generally feeling about like his arrival, his premiere on the like his reveal of the costume? Yeah. I felt it was too like there was no build up to it. I would have loved to have a moment where like maybe Bucky and you know uh, John Walker like fighting some people and maybe they're struggling and then Sam shows up to help or maybe like some cops are fighting people. like just anything where there's a level of build up. But it's like nope from the beginning Sam Wilson captain america shows up and he's here and it's like why basically i was like why was there any level of like cliffhanger or suspense just to open next episode with like zero build-up whatsoever like the last episode should have almost opened with him arriving and then the episode ends yeah i think it would have been a better reveal like like you said there was a huge cliffhanger of what's the suit gonna look like and what's it gonna do and then it pretty much was just the costume yeah <laughs> like hey yeah, when you have that big of a build-up just delivering what the costume is i think sometimes it lets people down but i thought it was a I felt like a moment that if i was watching this as like a movie in a theater that the crowd would be cheering you know yeah. like one of those pop moments yeah like i was almost expecting a build-up so because i watched it i didn't fully get to 
we watch it before we went out you know went live but i watched it before i went to work and i was still kind of like waking up a little bit and it was just like oh shit it's here he's here he's captain america i guess mm-hmm. and i and i did we might be jumping ahead a little bit but i love the moment between what i assume is like a father and son or grandfather and grandson where he was like oh it's black falcon and like the grandson was like no it's captain america i really like that might that might be my favorite like three seconds of the episode yeah, I thought it was really good. I like that. It reminded me a bit of like the cheese you get out of like Sam Raimi's yeah. Spider-Man. It reminded yeah. me of that scene in the first Spider-Man. I think it is where he's some kind of line where he's like, "Oh, if you mess with him, he messes with New York or something like that. He messes oh. with New York, he messes with all of us." That's oh, some kind of like oh, with Joey Diaz on the train. Line. With Joey Diaz on the train. <laughs> that was in the first one. I think that was the second one. But yeah, those kind of movies are always fun for me when they have those kind of like. You're seeing that you see it too in a scene I think around there where Bucky saves the GRC senators. We're skipping around a bit, but yeah, he saves them the bus and they had the guys come out and he says like, "Oh, thank you so much for saving us." Yeah. I like those little kind of hero moments, you know, where yeah. especially for Bucky, he hasn't gotten to be a hero really. Yeah. You know, a lot of his redemption was done like off screen, and a lot of his yeah. by the time he was a hero for the Avengers, he got snapped away. You know, so we finally yeah. got to see him have like a hero moment there. And not to jump on to jump on what you were saying and piggyback off that. I know we talked about maybe like by the end of like the show or go, going down the future that it would be like Captain America and the White Wolf. But I think the angle they're going more is he's trying to like reclaim the name Winter Soldier and make it more of like a heroic thing than necessarily being like I'm shredding this part of me. I think it's more about like accepting that part of him and changing it. So, so I think that's more yeah, the angle I like they're going that. with. I like that too because you have sort of like a foil with with Sam and he's sort of changing his name his, his identity and like in a way he's also trying to reclaim Captain America like from yeah. uh, John Walker so I like that take. I also I want to mention too Sharon has like a Mission Impossible style like mask. Oh yeah, because that... I mean that was that's from uh, Captain America Winter like the movie Captain America Winter Soldier because. Uh... Uh, Black Widow has that when she's impersonating like a senator or something. She has the exact same mask. I wonder if they brought that there on purpose to remind us that it exists so that when they use it against girls, it won't be too surprising. Like, I wonder if Sharon Carter is a... I mean, not... Yeah, Sharon Carter is a power broker that she's going to have that technology to, like, balance out the scroll shape-shifting in the Secret War feature. Oh, yeah, that'd be be interesting. Like, there's scrolls that are people and there's people that are scrolls. That could be really cool. Yeah, like maybe someone's undercover pretending to be a scroll, but they're actually a person, and they're shape shifting using technology. I don't know. I don't know. Marvel run with it. Yeah, I, I knowing Marvel, it'll, it'll let us never do anything with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gonna be one of two things. It's either gonna be a major important plot point in a show or movie, or it's never gonna happen. Or it's like nothing, and it's just like, hey, remember that scene from Captain America: Winter Soldier? Yep. So essentially now. The plan is enacting. The GRC senators have been kind of, they have this like tenant-esque scene. Well, it honestly felt like it was like shot on the set of Tenet. They were like, okay, Chris Nolan, you get out of here because <laughs> we got to bring in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a scene in Tenet too where they take over like this big hall full of people. It looks almost like the exact same thing. And uh, they're taking the senators into like these MIPD trucks. And meanwhile, the flag smashers have kind of like intercepted the trucks and they're planning to take these senators from the NYPD trucks and Bucky's on the phone with Carly now and she has this essentially this 
back and forth. It's their last scene, kind of talking together of Bucky saying, "Don't do this," and know what it's like to like kill for something you think you believe in, and not and all that kind of stuff. Finds her to come back to the light, and she has this line of like, "You've never fought for something bigger than yourself." Yeah. To to Bucky, who that's the dumbest Thanos. thing you could ever say. He's fought <laughs> Nazis in World War Two, and he fought Thanos like a month ago. Like, what are you talking about, woman? Yes, I feel like Carly. I want, now is a good time as any to talk about Carly's arc. We'll get to her her untimely ending a little bit later. But I think that her and John Walker are both most interesting characters on this show, which ultimately I think is a little weird because by the end I think they get kind of confused the writers on what what these characters mean, how far they're willing to go. Because Carly in one scene will say, "I don't want to hurt people," and in the other scene she'll say, "Oh, we'll kill the hostages, whatever. Who cares?" And yeah. I I want to know how much to. How much of that is Carly, and how much of that is the Super Soldier Serum? And I just, I wish the motives are a little bit more clear on Carly. And well, I did predict last week that she'd be the one to die, so I'll take the points for that, I guess. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> but, of that, I lost my bet, but I'm like, unless we get, you know, Captain America and Winter Soldier, spoiler alert for season two, as basically that show, I still don't know if we're ever going to see Bucky again because it's like character-wise what left is there but so i lost yep. that i if that's true though i do kind of wish we got a bit more with bucky in this finale because bucky wasn't a huge presence in this final episode at least for me like he had his closure moments at the end yeah but i wish he got a bit more of a change in the character i wish we could have seen whether or not he changes to white wolf or not i, I just wish we could have seen some kind of staple showing a bit more of how much he's developed yeah I mean, he sent his book to the his therapist with all the names crossed off, and he's like, I'm done. But to me, that's another moment of, like, he, his character arc is fully complete now. He can die. I hope not. I do like Bucky. I love the, the kind of Dick Grayson energy he brought to this show, especially yeah. towards the end. He had, like, mm -hmm. this kind of punk rebel kind of yeah. street kind of character that I liked a lot. I'd like to yeah. see him come back. Yeah. Because as we know in comic books, you can complete your arc over and over and over again, and then we'll just reboot yeah. it eventually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, we have that scene where she kind of is talking to him on the phone, but at the same time distracting him so that they can infiltrate and take over the MIPD oh. trucks. And we have this big kind of really awesome finale, honestly. I thought... Uh, Falcon taking on this helicopter is the next big a big action scene, and that kind of goes simultaneously with another one. But I like I think the Falcon scene is really cool, where we see his new Red Wing, but we also see him kind of working with this woman inside the helicopter. Yeah, I where like he, that. yeah, he has like this watchdog style like Google thing, you know, yeah. where he's he's like searching everyone on the plane, trying to find someone who can fly the helicopter, yeah. and then finds one woman and sends her messages, and is able to use this kind of like spy craft technology. I really enjoyed this a lot. I thought it led to that kind of spy thriller mm -hmm. angle while also being like superhero comic book scale. What'd you think of this helicopter? Yeah, so I, I really like that because I think it also kind of ties into the opening of the first episode where he takes out a helicopter and it's mm -hmm. kind of like he's always been Captain America. It's just now he's realized it and he has the costume. But this is my main minor gripe that's more just me nitpicking and that's something that could appear later is when he was um, Falcon, he had like the spy drone Red Wing and I know we saw him have at least two drones now as Captain America. And so as Captain America, to me, he should have three drones. He should have Red Wing, White Wing, and Blue Wing. 
Let's do it. Maybe in, maybe in season two, you know? Yeah, I think that'd be awesome if you had... Like, if they all could, like, do different things. Just three drones, red wing, white wing, and blue wing. Yeah, I like that. I'm glad they're I'm glad the drone is back too. I think it's a pretty cool yeah. addition to like the Captain America arsenal. Yeah, and I I glad you pointed out that it parallels to the opening scene too because I think the opening scene he does it so violently like he's really he's yeah. just like so off the cuff kind of trying to take this down and barely does it at the last second and he's so efficient in this yeah. final scene yeah. he's so smooth and he he doesn't even kill anyone in this in that scene yeah. at all you know yeah. <laughs> he takes out the pilot and then kind of they land the helicopter he does it in a, in a way that i think captain america would so i think you've seen him develop over the course of the, the yeah. show yeah. in a really interesting way uh i wrote a bit more here about carly's heel turn we talked about that i think towards the beginning of the show i think in our first episode we predicted oh carly's probably going to turn good and fight along the side of Falcon and Bucky, or Bucky and Falcon are going to turn and fight along. Oh. Like, there's going to be some kind of melding of the heroes in that yeah. side. Yeah, who so would have think it was? I would not have predicted halfway through, or I would not have predicted at the end of the last episode <laughs> that this episode they're going to be working with John Walker against Carly. My money would have 100 percent been on they're going to work with Carly against John Walker. Yeah, so I'll give them props for not going a super predictable route. You know, whether, yeah. whether or not it was the one that I. Whether that was done perfectly, I really liked the fact yeah. that they went different yeah. than what I thought they would do. Yeah. One scene I wanted to point out that was not quite as good here. <laughs> it's All not right. a big thing, but it's a it's a tiny nitpick that made me laugh out loud when I watched it late well, late last night, early this morning, however you want to measure yeah. time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was when I can't remember the context, but they're on this bridge fighting and Falcon kind of like lands and goes to turn around and jump off and it's like these 10 seconds where he lands on the bridge and turns and stands up and within the 10 seconds the people in the cars not only have gotten out of their cars but they're all standing up they're all clapping they're all cheering and they're all like cgi repeated like five there's like five people that's repeated over the course of this whole entire crowd uh, I didn't and they're see all that. just like yeah doing like this repeated like ps2 MLB the show crowd motion it was pretty bad I was like wow they they teleported out of the cars pretty quick because Falcon lands in front of them and turns around and all of a sudden they're all cheering for him I was like I appreciate the crowd cheering scenes but that might have been a little bad speaking of bad effects I saw a clip someone pulled from last week's episode of Bucky running away from the camera and it's very clearly like Sebastian Stan just like ran as fast as he could and then they sped up the footage <laughs> that's they do that a lot in the show especially in the movies too i know in, in winter soldier they do that a lot to get really impact the action they'd speed yeah. it up but overall i really thought the effects in both of these action scenes were yeah. pretty good yeah one... especially for a tv budget i think this is one of the better yeah. it helps that it's nighttime which i think makes the effects yeah. look a bit better yeah. but i think this is one of the better action scenes of the show and my other minor complaint is to make the suit feel more Wakandan. I, w- I wish Bucky's, like, boosters on his, like, pack uh, were purple instead of blue, just because I feel like it would give it more of that Wakanda feel. It was, it's just, like, those very small nitpicky things to me that would make it feel more Wakandan. If you're, like, to me, there's no point in even saying that suit was made in Wakanda. Like, it might as well have been, like, oh, yeah, fucking, I don't know, I found it. And it's, like, okay. Yeah, I wish there was more Wakanda to it. But I did write down right next to this scene, I wrote, uh, Captain America, new best Avenger. Yeah. So, 
I'm super into this version of Captain America. I hope yeah. he comes back for movies especially, and I just want to see more from yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I was going to say, I, just, go ahead. I love, uh, oh my, how am I bl- blanking on his name, uh, the actor for Anthony Mackie. I love Anthony Mackie yes. as Captain America as, as Sam Wilson. Uh, but one of the things I like is just how they've integrated like his power set with the wings as being Captain America. If you have more aerial attacks with the shield, and I love he I don't remember who he was fighting. It might have been Carly or like another one of the Flag Smashers. But like he had the shield and he was pushing against them, and then like his wings dug into the ground to like brace himself more. And there was another one where he was like fighting a person and his booster on his back like started up and it like allowed him to like fly into the person with a shield and i like that kind of where they what were they when they were choreographing everything they thought of his wings and different ways to include it and i really liked all of that yeah and i like that too because they're gonna have to give us some kind of explanation of why he's able to stand toe to toe against like really powerful beings you know and he's just a human doesn't even have the serum you know yeah so i think that's a kind of way to be like oh this is why he can punch like Thanos in the face and this is why he can like fly with with like iron heart or whatever he's going to be doing in the future yeah we have the arrival of the captain america that i i liked as he as he was but i'm not sure i want to see more of him as captain america because john walker finally arrives on the scene he he's out here to take down carly he's doing his final fight against carly with his kind of makeshift shield that's essentially just a old captain america shield kind of ironed together a bit looks very bad but i think intentionally <laughs> yeah and we have the scene where he's chasing down carly and we have this kind of i don't know four-way battle between carly and captain america and in bucky and yeah. now uh john walker in the mix yeah. yeah yeah i thought it was an interesting fight it was i don't know i i enjoyed i enjoyed it i'll say that yeah, it's a pretty good fight, and I think it leads up to that kind of like Martha turning moment where yeah. he saves the the bus and then kind of turns to good. And we talked about that moment a lot. I I'll take it for what it is in the story. Like, okay, he's he's turned a bit now, and now he's like a little bit more of a good guy, or at least like a complex yeah. antihero guy. Yeah, I would say he's more of an antihero, more of like a Punisher type than a hero. Yeah, that's how I'm seeing it, and I think when we see him more in the future, he's gonna be among the villain group you know so yeah. it'll be he'll be he'll be that kind of energy but yeah like you mentioned it before he has this kind of like quippy dialogue with bucky that doesn't necessarily work here but we've mentioned that a bit already there's a cool this is a cool kind of fog scene right here before the sharon reveal where they're in this kind of like foggy warehouse running yeah. around i thought the editing was a bit disorienting but i thought the set design and the production value yeah. is pretty cool yeah yeah i liked it I mean, other than the reveal, but, like, the setting of it was cool. Yeah, but then the, the Sharon reveal, they make sure we know it because they explain yeah, yeah. it over and they over They tell again. you, like, 30 times in that scene, hey, this chick right here, <laughs> she's the power broker. Hey, I didn't expect... hey, fun fact, did you know Sharon Carter is the power broker? Wow, I didn't get that. You know, I wanted to let you know, I have it in the theories at the end that maybe Sharon Carter is actually a power broker. Well, but I no, to dude, no, this is what it is. This is my theory, and I they they kind of hinted at it, but not really. Sharon Carter, niece of Peggy Carter, the woman from Agent Captain Carter? America, the Winter Soldier, yes. might potentially be the power broker. What are your thoughts? 
Hey, oh, wow. I, Sharon Carter might be the power broker. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if I buy that or not. You know, you got to point to the evidence in the episode. <laughs> but I... Look, it was just super on the nose and obvious thing. I tried to throw some crazy predictions out there over the weeks, but I think this was, like, the easy answer. It was yeah. probably going to be Sharon. And I'm fine with that. Like I said, the Occam's Razor of Marvel is what I got to go for. Yeah. I think... I didn't necessarily expect her to be as bad as she is i was like oh she's gonna be kind of like a dark agent kind of person but i didn't really think she'd be like oh she's fully like working for the bad guys and like with the bad guys so i'm curious to see how much she plays into the future of the franchise but we talked about that a bit uh we have this bad guy showdown now it's carly it's sharon it's i don't remember belrog or whatever the guy's name is the leaper (laughs) yes george st pierre he and they repeat uh power broker over and over again a few times and then sharon gets shot and then wait what did they go over power broker it's a character they set it up in this in this series and then they yeah. actually revealed this episode if you if you notice that it's sharon carter oh, i from completely Falcon missed the winter that Sol- from uh winter soldier i completely missed that didn't catch that at all all right yeah we'll, we'll get to it it's in the notes okay <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, Sharon gets shot. I thought for a second they're gonna kill Sharon off after all of this. That would be hilarious. An expedition reveal of who she is, and then she just dies at the end of it. That's like yeah. Walking Dead writing. Yeah, there there are theories around that, and I'm not about to make another Sharon Carter is the power broker joke. But there, like, there's two <laughs> tracks on this of basically because she denied medical attention after she got shot it's one is she's like potentially has like a warrant out for arrest and like people want her and so she doesn't want to go to the hospital and get arrested there is also a theory that she's a scroll and that's why she didn't mm-hmm. want medical attention and i thought that's i was fully expecting her to be revealed as a scroll by the end of the episode that was when, I, when they showed her towards the end of or in the post credit scene actually i was like oh she's gonna walk away and then like scroll yeah. reveal herself yeah. yeah but they didn't go with that route i I did read some stuff about the post-credits scene, but I'll save that for the end a little bit when we get okay. towards like the future of the MCU. But we're getting towards the end of the episode. We've covered uh, this. Carly ultimately is has this one last scene with a uh, cart with a uh, one last battle. I mean, with with Sam Wilson as Captain America, yeah. and then she's shot by Sharon Carter and hey, dies in the arms you... of of Black Falcon. Sharon Carter, you mean the power broker? You might not the have caught broker, that. The power broker? You, you yeah. might not have caught that. I just wanted to remind you. As much as we know, I'm a little curious. I don't understand how much Sam and Bucky know and don't know about about her. Like, how much did he hear of that conversation? About Carly like, or the power each other With the power broker. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. We'll see. That's just, that's the kind of, like, small notes where I'm like, I just don't really know who knows what about yeah. some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. But... I really enjoy the. It's an iconic hero shot of like Carly dead in the arms of the hero. I feel yeah. like we've seen yeah. shots like that so many times, but I I really like it. I think it's a really kind of yeah. Cool... You have yeah. Whether it's like Robin yeah. in Batman's arms, or you have like it's happened in every Star. It's usually the first movie in every Star Wars trilogy. Like yeah, it has a really powerful because I think this show especially deals in like the archetypes of fantasy and the archetypes yeah. of like stories yeah. and how we use them and why and what they mean and I really like the way that the MCU is creating like an iconography with their characters yeah uh, what else do I got? we're getting towards the end oh, one here. of the things we're... I wanted to bring up with the explosion right uh, of the car at first it took me way too long to realize who that goddamn old man was that blew up the van I'm like who is this? am I supposed <laughs> to recognize Oh, you don't know? 
No, I wrote that down. I wrote, who is this man? That's uh, Zemo's butler. Oh, it's Zemo's butler. Yeah, it was Zemo's butler. Okay. I was like, oh, is this some character that I didn't know? Is this some, like, power broker no, guy? No, so, that, <laughs> so that was Zemo. Because, like, they showed him, and then it immediately cut to Zemo, like, watching, like, the news footage of it in his cell. So that's when I realized. So it took me a minute of watching Zemo to realize, oh, yeah, that was Zemo's butler. So, yeah, Zemo got his, like, last act of revenge against the super soldiers by killing that crew but one of the things i thought was interesting was like it was like a cop or like emt or something uh like a jail guard guy i don't know something like that right before he shut the door uh to put them in the back of the truck he said like one world one people so i'm curious Mm -hmm. i mean based on like the timing and everything i think he potentially blew up in the explosion too but, I mean, that definitely showed that their message is spreading. So do you think the Flag Smashers or something we'll see again? Is this going to be like a Hydra situation of like, uh, like we're going to see people throughout the series, maybe people we trust, and then we'll see them say like, oh, one world, one people, and it's going to be kind of the new Hail Hydra? I think that'd be interesting. I think especially as we're seeing Madam Hydra and a version of Hydra rising again, we could honestly see these like two foiling sides, like these warring spy factions. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have the Flag Smashers on the one far side and then we had the hydra on the other far side and that could be interesting through honest i think if they keep them around on the disney plus yeah. stuff once in a while I'll throw out a one people one world and then you know oh oh shit that's a flag smasher they're they're trying to fight captain yeah. america or something yeah. like that is an easy way to set up a set up a a villain yeah uh we'll get i want to save some of this stuff towards the end but the last thing i want to talk about is uh falcon's ted talk here where he goes oh, over yeah. the whole thematic background of everything yeah. that talking the winter soldiers about. I, was, I enjoyed I was, it for what it is but I was not yeah. a fan of the writing of that like i get what they were going for but like comparing the struggle of like being a black man being captain america and comparing the struggle of being a politician trying to fix the world after the blip it's like yeah they're both very difficult and they're both struggles but they're like not the same kind of struggle at all it's like saying oh if you like chocolate ice cream you should like pineapple on your pizza because they're both flavors and it's like what the fuck are you talking about like they're yes they're both struggles but they're not the same kind of struggle at all so it's like why are we comparing these two things and i get what they were trying to do but to me it just failed yeah i think this speech is a bit cheesy i think there's some really good lines within it that stood out but it definitely feels like a comic booky kind of speech to me it feels like something you'd read at the end of an actual yeah. comic book where the main character goes out in this soliloquy about like what he learned and how he grew and yeah. i like i said this is a show that i think is we talked about it a lot throughout this review series that it, i wasn't sure how far disney would go with the politics and i wasn't sure how like both sides they'd be and what they do to draw an actual line and actually have good and bad and tell us like what they do politically and yeah. i enjoyed that they really went there and i enjoyed this final attempt to kind of really cement the themes home you know i think yeah. we talked about how people can look at captain america and meet and think of a hundred different things when they see that shield and i think that this here is interesting because they try and give us a theme of what they see as a shield especially like falcon's idea of what it is to be captain america it's about bringing people together it's about kind of learning to understand even our villains and i really like the the idea here of like if carly 
drew followers that's because she was onto something you know yeah, like yeah. she she hit something that people believed in and i think yeah. that's something that's very relevant today i wonder how much of this was reshot recently and how much of it was written because i think a lot yeah. of this might have been added to yeah. due to recent events but i do think that's a good perspective yeah. to have of like whether or not you agree with what their motives are the flag smashers i think it's yeah. relevant that she was able to touch on to something that people felt and i think it's relevant to obviously what's going on today with certain movements and certain kind yeah. of radicalized things and i think people need to realize like you that they say here uh sometimes the word like terrorist and sometimes words like thug and stuff like that are used to get around the question of why because nobody wants to ask like oh why do people yeah. feel like this they just say oh it's a villain so we got to take him down I, I enjoyed this. I think it has some nice lines of just a fellow sentiment of like we can do better. And I know it's complicated. I know it's hard to be a politician. It's hard to try and run that game. But like we've seen yeah. it get to your front door, yeah. literally in real life, and also in the Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier, we've seen that reality taken like to its farthest extent. And I think it's time to act. And that's kind of what this whole speech is yeah. about. So I enjoyed it, but very cheesy. Yeah, it's interesting to see how much, like, actually affected. Because I know, for, at least from what I read, this was originally supposed to be eight episodes, and there was, like, a big pandemic storyline that got cut because of oh, you wow. know, obvious things. So I don't know how much of, like, basically they thought... Because I know, like, because there was the whole thing with the vaccine at the beginning, right, that they didn't really touch on. Of, like, that's, that's kind interesting. of the yeah. big thing they're trying to stop of the Flag Smashers, but then it's never really brought up, and I guess... I guess potentially if there was like a worldwide pandemic after the blip um, and the Flag Smashers were trying to help that potentially maybe it could make them too sympathetic that the fact that like especially as vaccines are coming out now and like like I know America's at like 25% vaccinated or something like that and Canada's at like 2% and other countries are like super low so seeing a situation where they're trying to like you know falcon and bucky and john walker trying to stop them from giving vaccines to people especially when you have situations where like cvs and Publix and stuff have to throw them away at the end of the day because they're getting expired that it'd be make them almost too sympathetic and then make the heroes too villainous so they just are like yeah we're just gonna scrap that situation yeah a lot of this stuff felt eerily relevant like you said they had the vaccines at the beginning but even towards the end they had this sense of like oh we're dealing with some kind of impossible situation what do you expect yeah. of us the way the snap, I think, is it is an easy stand-in thematically for the COVID situation in the general yeah. kind of world in 2020, yeah. you know? And yeah. people can say, like, oh, it was, it's this impossible, unexplainable thing, but somehow we still have to go forward and figure yeah. out how to yeah. better things. And every time, the, every time the blip is brought up in another situation, I just want a blip anthology show. Like, there were situations brought up today of, like, you had a house and you got blipped and then somebody else moved into your house and now you're blipped back if it's, like okay, do we, do you, are you forced to find a new place to live or do we throw out the people who live there now? And it's like, fuck, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, I would like some, we've talked about that too. The world building on this show is kind of weird. I think they're, especially because it's out of order too. I think yeah. it's been confusing of what exactly is, is the world like yeah. after this flip? How famous are the Avengers or this and that? I think a lot of those questions are stuff we're not supposed to really be asking too much. I think, even when to wrap up on this speech, I think this shows up, this, this wraps up what we're supposed to be looking at, I think. And yeah. when you think like, Oh, what's it setting up for the future? What's Mephisto going to be in? And what's 
how what is it setting up about the world i think like that's not stuff yeah. they're really interested in doing and i think this is really what they're were trying to do and what they're trying to talk about and all the other stuff is just kind of like a means of doing it you know yeah see after the whole mephisto thing and like the writer of the show being like they never heard of mephisto until the fan theory started popping up when it comes to the disney plus shows i'm not going to come up with theories that are anything like outside of what's been presented in the show i'm not worried about like oh is this guy fucking this random character from a comic book it's like more like okay they presented that the power broker exists so based on how they've presented it, like, who is the power broker? Like, how is this storyline going to wrap up? Like, I'm fine predicting that, but I'm never going to be anyone that watches this in the future, listens to this in the future. I'm never going to, like, I'm Loki. I'm never going to be, like, always, like, Hercules or, you know, not that they've <laughs> announced that Zeus has, is going to be in Thor, Love, and Thunder. I'm never going to be, like, always, like, that guy Hercules unless the name Hercules is brought up. Like, Yeah, I'll be interested because I wonder how much they're going to, be building that up slowly like our these first two or three or four shows going to be very simple and very standalone and as we get to secret wars it's going to eventually have to start connecting like they've set up a lot of stuff already like uh power broker's gonna have to come back i'm sure john walker will come back the lady uh lady hydra whatever it is madam hydra she's gonna come back so eventually they're gonna get bigger but i do like that they're taking it slow a little bit it feels like the olden days of watching marvel phase one where you're like oh here's the iron man movie and then oh, there's a little bit of a tease at the end for what's next, and then, oh, here's the Thor movie, and then a little bit tease at the end of what's next, and yeah. eventually we'll get to our Avengers, and I'm really excited to see what that is like. Yeah. But our, our last scene before we get to set up for all that kind of stuff, I want to talk about, it's not necessarily in order, but I want to talk about Isaiah going to the museum yeah. with Falcon. I think that's kind of a thematic end to the show, and everything else is just kind of like an epilogue type thing yeah. that sets up what's next. I thought this was really powerful. I wasn't sure. I'm sure I thought they'd do something with Isaiah towards the end. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I thought, is he going to give a speech and mention Isaiah's name? Is he going to have some kind of setup in the museum, sort of like what we got? I th- I knew something with Isaiah was probably going to happen to tie that together. But the fact that we saw Isaiah so much, we saw his grandson so many times, I think that shows, one, his grandson's coming back. <laughs> Yeah. I think. Yeah, that was going to be part of my prediction. Is basically we saw uh, Elijah, his grandson. Every time we saw Isaiah, we saw Elijah basically in this show. Like there was never a time he showed up to Isaiah's house and Elijah wasn't there. Elijah was always around. So he's definitely like they're going to bring him back as Patriot at some point. Like, or at least they're heavily planning on it. Whether they, you know, they might just for whatever reason go against it. But that's they're keeping that as an option for sure. But I kind of. Like, I weirdly expected more. Like, they panned over and showed the statue, and then I expected there to be, like, a full wing dedicated to, like, all of the soldiers that were, you know, black soldiers that were tested on in Tuskegee. And then it was just kind of that one statue, so I kind of, you know, got let down a little bit, but I think that was my own thing of expecting more of, like, a whole wing dedicated to all of the ones. But, like, we at least got that statue. And I mentioned before as my prediction last week of like kind of how this show would end. And I thought it it would be like more Sam's coming out of being Captain America would be like a low key press conference where he talked about the names and like brought up Isaiah and all the other heroes. And they kind of did that because I feel like Sam's, you know, I'm Captain America coming out party was more his speech to that Senator that we just talked about. And then they did give him like that statue to Isaiah to kind of be like, Hey, like, I think you'll be fine with me being Captain America because we are going to, like, honor 
you know, the people that came before and show respect to that. So that, I mean, when Isaiah saw him give that speech on the news, he was like, I got that feeling of like, okay, Isaiah's changed his mind on the whole, mm-hmm. like a black man being Captain America. But then when he saw that statue and like his story, oh, shoot, do I have my phone? Someone, I saw someone say that story. I don't remember if I screenshotted it or not because I wanted to read it on the show. Um, I give my thoughts really quick on the museum scene while you look up for it because I really enjoyed this scene a lot I think it sums up the themes of the show a lot more subtly and a lot more effectively than the whole speech did earlier I think the speech is necessary because like I said this show is for a lot of people and I think they had to cover a lot of ground whether it was age groups whether it was political views whether it was all kinds of demographics are watching this is Marvel you know so I think that on the nose explanation of the themes is important but I think this is much more interesting and much more kind of cinematic and thematic. And I liked it a lot. I think it it shows that we can appreciate, we can represent the past and understand the mistakes of the past, understand the people who uh, had their lives taken away in the past for, for what we have now. I think it showed we can move forward. I really think this show is was about that. It's about being able to acknowledge the past and acknowledge the flaws within the system while also in trying to move forward and giving us something to aspire towards. And I think that that final scene really felt like that. It felt like giving us someone to aspire towards, whether it was Isaiah aspiring towards his resilience and his persistence in the past, whether it's Falcon today, whether it's Captain America, it's winter. It's uh, even if it's Bucky, you know, the winter soldier, I think having these heroes and these icons to look up to as people better than us who we can aspire towards is what I, I really like about superhero shows What I really like about comic books. And I think Marvel captures that really well. I think this show captures it really well, too. I think it's one of the better things that Marvel's done. We'll talk about our overall thoughts, but I'm really high on this show, and I'm curious to rewatch it again because I think some of the stuff I liked a lot about it, like John Walker and Carly, slightly falls apart by the end, but I still had a really good time watching it, so I'm curious to revisit it in the future. But, yeah, that's just sort of my thoughts on the one show. I'll get to – I'm going to save Bucky's scene with Yari. I'm going to save – some of that Zemo scenes for, for later, but that's generally my thoughts on the show and what it was, how much I liked it and what it was trying to go for. I just liked it a lot. Joe, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was, you know, a slightly overall better than I expected. I expected just kind of like a fun action show. I didn't really expect any kind of political messages or political themes. I honestly thought the overall arc of the show would just be like Bucky and Sam becoming friends. It's kind of what I expected to fully come out of the show is them going from like, hey, I respect you, but we mess with each other to being like, okay, they're fully friends. And that was obviously one aspect of the show, but that was like one of the smallest aspects of the show. There was so much more going on. Uh, But I definitely liked it. I'm definitely interested to see more from this story. And I just saw something while looking for Isaiah Bradley's plaque that I have here uh, that we can definitely discuss uh, moving forward once we're done talking about the show i think that's going to be the first thing we talk about with future the future of this story oh boy i'm excited for that i haven't I haven't seen it yet but all right do you want yeah, me to read Isaiah, isaiah's plaque yeah read isaiah's plaque let's get that so you know set at top his name in large letters and then it said isaiah bradley is an american hero whose name went unknown for too long isaiah was one of a dozen african-american soldiers who were recruited against their will and without their consent for participation in human testing and pursuit of the super soldier serum, most did not survive. The few who lived through testing were sent on secret missions during the Korean War. 
During the conflict against all odds, Isaiah Bradley rescued his fellow soldiers and 28 other POWs from behind enemy lines. However, fearful of the ramifications of a black super soldier, some individuals within the government tried to erase Isaiah's story from history. His family was issued a falsified death certificate, and for decades the truth of his unflinching, unflinching bravery was buried. I like that. I think it sums up the story really well. And yeah. I also like that it pays tribute to the other soldiers. I, I yeah. When I saw that shot, I see these other plaques around, so I kind of thought, like, oh, each of those plaques might be for each of the soldiers or yeah. something like that. I think that pays tribute pretty well, yeah. though. Uh, what Any thoughts on that for you? Yeah, I really liked it. I definitely think it does pay tribute to some of the past um, heroes more than I expected. I figured it was just purely kind of Isaiah Bradley, but it does kind of pay, pay homage to the other soldiers that were affected you know i love you know people my age especially depending on what shows you watch grew up with carl lumley so the more i see him and stuff the happier i am you know the color of friendship he was the voice of martian manhunter on um the justice league show and then obviously i love seeing and loved seeing him in dr sleep so i like i'm liking this little resurgence of carl lumley's career <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll see him a couple more times, probably. I, uh, when when I, we start bringing his grandson in, maybe we'll get a scene or two out of him in yeah. Secret Wars or yeah. in, in Iron uh, Ironheart or whatever. They're going to bring these characters back in. But yeah, he just needs a shot of that Super Soldier Serum because there's no way he has powers right now. Yeah, he looks a little thin for the, and for the superhero suit, I will say. Do you want to fin is there much more about this show that you want to talk about? Because I think we kind of touched on most I of it. I think we've covered it all. Uh any thoughts we can kind of on... i mean it's more of the ter tertiary characters that we can kind of talk a little bit more when we talk at least predictions because i think that's more worth as far as things yeah. like zemo and some of these other characters the last thing i want is just a quick thought on how we end bucky i think we get through bucky pretty quick right at yeah. the end here yeah where I mean... he goes and uh confesses to yari they have that kind of emotional scene yeah. and then right yeah. from there he goes and has sees him at the bar and gets kind of like an affirmation that he's doing okay without yeah. him yeah. And that's our closure on Bucky. And send, he sends a completed notebook yeah. to his therapist. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see what he's going to do. Is he just going to be kind of more Sam's, I don't want to say sidekick, but like he's more just going to be following Sam on missions? Because one of the things I wanted to talk about is I fully expected uh, Joaquin to show up as the new Falcon at some point in that, at the end of this series, and he didn't. So he's obviously got to show back up again. Um, so it's like. Is it going to be like, okay, now that Sam's Captain America, he gets two sidekicks, basically just like Steve Rogers did with Bucky and Falcon, except now his Falcon is Joaquin instead of Sam. Or I'm is... wondering if we oh. see Winter Soldier uh, out in Wakanda. Yeah, and that's another option. like the secondary character to Shuri's Black Panther, like her, yeah. her sidekick out there. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe he's like the, well, that'd be that that would open up a can of worms i almost said one i wonder if he's the lead in like the jordan jordan uh not fuck it ryan coogler there we go the ryan coogler uh wakanda series but i'm like eh, probably not the best to have a white lead as the star of your wakanda series um i could see him as like the martin freeman role of black yeah. panther though he's like the outsider guy coming in and yeah. he's like the dopey yeah. white dude but bucky i think is a lot more experienced in yeah. the culture so that would be yeah. a different perspective yeah. Maybe at this point he's married to Sam's sister, and so he's, like, taking her to Wakanda. Yep, for their honeymoon. Yep. But, yeah, I liked Bucky's wrap-up. I 
like you said, I wish there was a bit more time in the show, and I think a, a bit more time with Bucky would have been nice, but I'm sure we'll get more with Bucky, so I'm not that worried about it. But, yeah, I, I liked the end of it, and I liked... We'll talk about Zemo, and we'll talk about uh, Lady Hydra, and we'll talk about the U.S. Agent, and all that kind of fun stuff. But, yeah, that's my thoughts on the show overall. Good yeah. arcs, fun time. Doesn't necessarily hold up completely in the finale, but it's a superhero show. It goes where it goes, and it has, I had a good time watching it, and they went a lot further than I thought it would. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of how I'm I'm feeling. I, I liked it more than I thought I would. Uh, ending was not as strong as I would like it to be. It's probably my least favorite episode, but I still enjoyed it, and I think this is a lot for the show overall, that if I still really enjoyed my le- you know the least favorite episode of the series, then... My other complaint really... is I feel like they're definitely at one point playing for uh, Rhodey to appear again because he said something in the first episode of like, hey, call me when you need me. And then maybe because of the pandemic or something, they couldn't get Don Cheadle back. But Yeah, I wonder if he played a role in that uh, pandemic storyline or something yeah. and they had to yeah. cut him out. But yeah. yeah, not a lot of connective tissue, but still a good time. There is yeah. some connective, t- connective tissue there. When I want to hear your cliffhanger, you set me up something big to talk about so yeah. i want to hear that too all right so uh the writer and showrunner of uh the falcon and the winter soldier has been hired to write captain america 4 oh wow captain america 4 did they give a release window at all no the so deadline and hollywood reporter are both writing this are reporting this so it's a fairly i mean it's basically Basically, if you're watching this and you don't know like what Hollywood Reporter and Deadline Reporting something are, it usually means probably the head of Disney himself was the one that leaked it to Hollywood Reporter and Deadline. Like, is when they write something, it's not like some weird rumor that's probably not true. Like, it's basically fact at that point. I so. love that. I'm so excited. I really like the interconnectivity. I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of would have preferred. I'm going to get another show, <laughs> but I'm sure, uh-huh. I mean, I, I might yeah. at this point, you know, if that goes well, they'll, maybe they'll give them another show and maybe, maybe yeah. they'll be the new Russo brothers of this phase. Cause I'm not sure the Russos are going to want to come back. They kind of went out on such a high note with yeah. Endgame. Maybe these, these guys will be the ones, you know, discovered through a Falcon or through yeah. a Captain America kind of thriller movie. And then they become the big people of, of MCU. So who knows, but I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I'm sure Falcon will be in it. I'm sure Bucky will be in it. I wonder if U.S. Agent will be. Maybe that'll be kind of like the. Maybe that'll be like the origin of Patriot or something. Yeah, because they have a lot. To, I'm sure we have years and years between then and now, so a lot will happen with these characters in this world between then. Yeah. But I'm really curious how much that'll connect because we'll talk about some connective characters too on here. But I'm still in that camp where I'm like, how much is Marvel going to connect these? And how much are they not? Because so yeah. far they've had some some character crossover, but. It's hard to tell what the ramifications are going to be when we're still in the early stages of this, especially during COVID. Yeah. Well, apparently what I saw is Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character was or is in Black Widow. And so that that's part of what was supposed to make it a big reveal is we were already supposed to have seen her in Black Widow. And then when she shows up in this, it's supposed to be like, oh, this big thing. But obviously now Black Widow's going to come out after, so it's more going to be like, oh, she's the character from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I I like it retroactively that way. I think it's cool to see stuff set up in the show and then come in the movies also, yeah. you yeah. know, because we've seen a lot of characters that were set up in the movies um, that then came out in the show. So I think it'll be cool in a couple of months to 
watch Black Widow and, and I'm sure people who don't know, they're not following the trades and the headlines and the releases, they're going to see that and be like, oh, look, they planned it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But that's fun. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think now that Kevin Feige's in charge of everything, this is not going to be like the Netflix shows where it's like doesn't really connect or even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it doesn't really connect. Like, as we're seeing now, like, Marvel at this point is a well-oiled machine. If they've hired a, this, they're not not to talk shit about dc they're not dc if they're saying hey we hired this guy who already did a show for us to write captain america 4 i bet all my money that captain america 4 starring anthony mackie is going to happen it's going to be released barring anthony mackie going and saying something really dumb on an interview like (laughs) anthony mackie is going to star as captain america in a captain america 4 i love this and i really do think like marvel sells the tickets at this point they could put any actor in the role of anything and it would sell like people don't even care about anthony mackie and any other movies outside of this like synchronic huge bomb and no one's out here saying oh i can't wait for the next anthony mackie movie but marvel can do anything and people are going to see at this point and i'm i'm all for it i mean i'm in yeah i'm super excited to see it i definitely i mean gonna see it opening weekend when it comes out there was some more news this week about Disney Plus shows I want to cover too because what this all seems to be leading towards is Secret Wars, the yeah, Skrull Invasion. I, it's going to be kind of an Avengers level crossover of Disney Plus. So we have some casting news added. Amelia Clark, obviously from Game of Thrones, and Olivia Solo. Coleman Don't from Solo. Another Solo connection. Look at that. Two, two Solo characters in this now in who's, the MCU world. Who's the other one? Because we got Carly, we got our we oh, got our solo yeah, Carly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rest in peace. And we also got Olivia Coleman. I like her a yeah, lot. She's yeah. a British actress. I know her from like Doctor Who and, and Broadchurch and things like that. But the only thing I think I've I, seen her in is that weird ass movie with Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. The favorite. That's right. She was in the favorite too. Or she won her. I think Oscar. she she won the Oscar. She had a great Oscar award speech. Now yeah. she'll be yeah. on. How many Oscar Award winners are there going to be on MCU now? It's going to be a lineup. Yeah. But I think Secret Wars, as we get more and more, I'm feeling like that's their big, that's their Avengers moment. Like when that comes, that's when everything is building up to, really. Oh, we forgot another MCU actor in Star Wars or in Solo. Who is it? Lando Calrissian. Donald Glover is Miles' uncle. Of course. The problem. Look at that. Three people. There's got to be more. I'm just blanking on who they are. We're coming up on a dead zone, though, of Marvel stuff. A little, a, a tiny dead zone. <laughs> well, we, we, have got Loki. Month, we have Loki. We have Loki in in uh, May or June. I June think 11th. Loki's June 11th, so we're gonna have a bit of a break. But yeah. I do think Loki will be a really fun one to review because yeah. I think they're gonna do some wacky stuff, and I think that's the one where they'll start yeah. to expand the universe a bit. Yeah. Similarly to in the first phase of of Marvel, they had Iron Man. You know, they had. Uh-huh incredible hulk little kind of grounded movies and then we got stuff like thor that got a little bit more mm-hmm. big and i think this is a good jump for them i think loki will have a lot of style a lot of kind of yeah. weirdness to the multiverse so i'm excited for that one i think it'll be way different than what we've gotten so far the one thing i have against loki is i feel like it's not i mean maybe i could watch it and be always completely wrong i just i guess it could tie into the more of the alien aspect of secret wars 
I just don't know how it's going to tie into, like, this whole storyline they're building of, like, okay, I can see how Hawkeye and more grounded story, especially with Kate Bishop, can tie in. Obviously, I can see how Armor Wars could tie in. But it seems like all of these shows are kind of in this whole, like, kind of pocket grounded type thing. And then you have Loki, like, way out here. But then you also look at, like, where Guardians of the Galaxy was, where that was more setting up Thanos. So I could definitely Mm -hmm. see Loki more setting up the scrolls and the alien aspect of Secret Wars than... That while yeah, some of the other I'm shows are more setting up the main hero grounded people, so because Loki will get us way out of the bounds of Marvel stuff, and I think Marvel's teased cosmic stuff a bit with, like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy and then that kind of stuff. But we have Eternals coming up, we have a much like yeah. larger scale cosmic side of the MCU coming up, so I think Loki could be maybe that middle ground of introducing yeah. us to that alien cosmic aspect without fully diving into it yet because we yeah. have Loki as that like through line, you know. Yeah. And I think right after Loki ends, maybe within a few weeks of it, is Black Widow, July 9th. So that should have run right into it. Yeah. I also wanted to mention, I, I heard from a couple uh, articles and videos online, I'm not quite sure if this is confirmed or not, that Florence Pugh from Black Widow was in a, a post credit scene of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, she was... Uh, had a scene with Zemo in the raft. I don't want to spoil a ton of it because I have a feeling they moved it to Black Widow uh, as a post-credit scene there. Well, let's but spoilers, plug Pugh... your pl- spoilers, plug ears, whatever for the next fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah, I heard that hear. Florence Pugh shows up and essentially tries to recruit Zemo to like the the bad guy squad. Interesting. So my whole Florence Pugh theory is wrong. But that doesn't. Yeah, I mean, because Florence Pugh, I thought would be Black Widow. Yeah, but that's if they're kind going of... for like that, because Black Widow is supposed to be like that gray area kind of morally. You know, she works for the bad guys sometimes, for the good guys sometimes, and then, yeah, like once she becomes a hero, she's the Avenger. But I'm really curious where that'll leave Florence Pugh's character in the in Black Widow. Yeah, that will be interesting. Maybe she becomes the new. Um, like my prediction is she becomes the new Black Widow. Maybe she becomes the new Taskmaster. You know, you got to master those tasks. Yeah, you gotta have a Taskmaster going in. I've been playing Marvel's Avengers, and the first villain you fight in that is a Black Widow versus Taskmaster scene, and I was like, wow, look at that. What what a setup. Yeah. I'm really excited, though. The future of the MCU is exciting. Uh, I was not quite sure after Endgame what their next step was going to be, and now they're in a pretty interesting direction. I'm curious to see how this is all going to grow and interconnect, especially in the next year, as all these things yeah. that have been moved around, like Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Black Widow, stuff's coming out that that was supposed to be out by now. (laughs) So how that's going to interplay with everything is going to be very interesting from like a meta perspective. And I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a nice, nice run through the summer here of Marvel stuff. And then all the way for the rest of our lives, essentially. (laughs) You know, 2022, we've got so many movies coming out. And yes, the rest of the year, we got stuff like Spider-Man. It's going to be a crowded, crowded couple of years here. Yeah, everything's crowded because everything got pushed back, and so now everything's going to be crowded for a while. And then I still have my prediction that uh, Fast and Furious 9 is going to be the first movie to break $100 million opening weekend. That's what I'm I'm curious. You know, I just saw Mortal Kombat uh, earlier, and I went through on the app looking for screenings, and like everything was sold out. I'm I'm excited for it. Hopefully, that means it's going to be making a lot of money. It but is there one. like a lot of screenings like there used to be or is it still kind of like hey I mean, there's it's... a 5 o'clock, a 6.30 and like a 7.30 and those three are sold out I'll say like when you go to the normal digital screenings like half of them are sold out the other half are, are like you know 
30% full, like normal yeah. kind of yeah. screening time. And then if you go to like IMAX and Dolby and the high scale ones, all of them are sold out. People okay. are really going to see like that in the biggest possible format. Right. I will say, uh, tease to maybe a possible review, I, I watched it and it feels like a B movie for HBO that got elevated to blockbuster status because we haven't seen a blockbuster in two years. But yeah. <laughs> uh, check it out. It's a good time. It's just not necessarily the one that's going to revive your love for the theater and be like, okay, yeah. I got to go see this IMAX, you know, good good time. So how would, so would you recommend it to someone that does not give a fuck about Mortal Kombat and has never played a single Mortal Kombat game to their recollection? I'm not sure because I played a handful of them. I'm not. I don't know anything about the lore or anything really, yeah. but I've like know the characters enough to recognize them when they show up, and I know some of like their moves enough to know them when they do them. You know, but so I had a good time with that, and my crowd definitely did too. People, it was like an MCU screening almost. People cheered for the pops, and when, you know, they do the the moves you know from the game, people would clap and that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's a good fun time, but. I don't know how well that would play if you don't know what the fuck's going on. Because people, so there were definitely people in the theater that were like, I don't understand this. Uh, so would you say <laughs> the first seven minutes, I don't know if you watched that, I mean, obviously you've seen the movie, so you've seen the first seven minutes, but that first seven minutes clip that got released, would you say that's like a good indicator of like... Your... That's a good indicator of the movie. The tone is a little bit more uh, lighthearted at points, because there's a mm-hmm. good comic relief character, but I don't want to get too much into that in yeah. this review. But yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I think if you like kind okay. of fun action right. combat movies it's a good right. time to watch alright yeah okay so what are your thoughts to get back to you know the MCU what are, <laughs> what are your big thoughts kind of predictions overall for kind of like what's going to happen moving forward maybe any predictions for Hawkeye or any of the armor wars kind of any of your predictions for that so well, I'm really looking forward to Hawkeye I have the comic here I meant to mention it this is definitely what they're inspiring it on and it's by Miles, the best Hawkeye comic. Yeah. The first one's called My Life is a Weapon. You can get it for, like, dirt cheap. I bought it used for, like, $6 or something like that. <laughs> or you can do Marvel Limited <laughs> online. They have a streaming, or, I mean, a, like, a scans platform. But, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to Hawkeye a lot. I really like Haley Seinfeld. I think she'll be a great addition to yeah. the MCU. I think yeah. Jeremy Redder is great, but I do think he's getting to the point where he's going to hand off the reins a bit. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Moon Knight 2. I really love those directors and writers. That's not for a, a good amount of time, but I'm looking forward to that. And the more and more I go through this list, the more I'm realizing I'm much more looking forward to the Disney Plus shows than the movies. You know, I watch yeah. Eternals, I watch Black Widow, but I think these shows are are really interesting to me. I think the movies will be like world setters. Like when we see something happen in Eternals, that shifts kind of the focus of the world. We'll then see it show up in Loki season two or whatever. Yeah. But I think. I'm really looking forward to how these are going to interconnect. So I'm just excited at this point. I cannot wait for Hawkeye. Loki will be fun, but Hawkeye is kind of where my hype is at right now. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think Hawkeye could potentially be partially what starts assembling the young Avengers together. Just because I'm curious maybe what Armor Wars I definitely think will play more of the villains coming together. I do think... You know, Armor Wars is also where Iron Heart could come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be the way to go with that. And I definitely think it's going to be a lot of the Young Avengers is what I think. A lot of this is going to be building up and a lot of coming together is the Young Avengers with Kate Bishop, aka Haley Steinfeld, who is my future wife. Um, and yeah, Haley Steinfeld and the Young Avengers coming together. Yeah, I think the Skrulls are a good through line for all of this. Yeah. I was expecting them to be in this episode. I, I mean, yeah. In, yeah, in this episode, really, but they weren't. 
But uh, yeah, I think there'll be a nice connective tissue too between the movies and the shows. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the Skrillers show up. If they're going to be in Hawkeye, if they're going to be in Loki, if they're going to yeah. be in some of the stuff leading yeah. up to Secret Wars. Miss Marvel, I'm sure, will have oh, yeah. Marvel, a lot yeah. of connective stuff because that's going to have some Captain Marvel to yeah. set up. I think Captain Marvel, even my prediction now, it's years away at this point, <laughs> I think. But or maybe, it's this year, I think. But I do think Captain Marvel is going to show up on that show. I think that'll be the big cameo of the show. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's a growing world. It feels fresh right now. It feels. Mm similarly to when you're watching the first phase of marvel and you're like oh it's something it's new it's not really just repeating the same characters doing the same things it feels exciting and i'm really looking forward to it yeah yeah definitely like endgame felt like a big reset almost on the world of like okay for like the last five six years we've kind of known where we were going and what we were building towards but now it's wide open like, yeah, uh, I can't wait to see Like, it. I really don't know, like, what the big event movie is going to be for Marvel. Like, what's the big team-up, everyone coming together? I don't even know who they're going to fight. Like, is it going to be, this, like, the Scrolls? Is it going to be, uh, like, I, I just don't know. Is it going to be Galactus? Like, is it going to be another kind of Civil War situation of, like, the Avengers are fighting themselves? Like, I, I just don't know. It could be fun to get a young Avengers versus Avengers kind of thing. And, yeah. But I do think it'll be a while until the Avengers have a big crossover. I was thinking that today. I think we have stuff like Secret Wars and Armor Wars coming up on this. I think the TV show will be a chance for Marvel to have these like small event crossovers and every like couple of years have one. And then I think the movies will be really like a slow build yeah. again, which I think will be cool. Yeah, for sure. Right. But yeah, that's, those are my thoughts on it. I really yeah. liked it a lot. I'm looking forward yeah. to what's next. Any any final thoughts from you, Joe, as we get no, going through I've, the? I think I've kind of covered all my thoughts on this. I think uh, I think that's all I got. Any any final words before I sign off? No, it was great. I'm not gonna make this a. We've already gone on for a while, just like Falcon did towards the end yeah. of the episode. I'm not gonna make this my TED talk. Yeah. But I had a great time. Really great themes. I had a good time talking it with you, Joe. I can't wait to do it again for Loki and for other shows. It's I know we talk about it anyway, so we might as well talk about it on here and see if yeah. somebody watches along with us. Yeah, we have one viewer. They haven't said anything. It might be you just logged into our Twitch. I don't know. but uh, I hope you like it. Yeah, to our one viewer, hey, thanks for watching. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, I doubt we'll do an episode review for Bad Batch unless it's like mind-blowing. We'll probably maybe just do like a season wrap-up. Uh, but yeah, we'll do another episode review for Loki. And also, ooh, one final thing. One final theory I wanted to bring up. Potentially, what are your thoughts? Sharon Carter might be the power broker. <laughs>